Hey everybody and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings Podcast 113. I'm having to record this one in the school parking lot, which normally I record in a park. So hopefully there won't be too many terrible background noises or interruptions and everything will go smoothly. I don't have any game stuff going on really. I guess if I could play my PS3 I'd probably be doing The Last of Us like everyone else is. But while I suppose I could, you know, take that to the coffee shop or my work and, you know, hook up a regular monitor to it, it'd be kind of a real big pain in the butt. So I haven't, you know, really considered doing that for any games. So I got kind of uh, nothing going on for games this time. But I talk about Man of Steel, which I saw in IMAX 3D. And I talk about Dark Skies, which is out for rental. Hopefully you enjoy the show. So I saw Man of Steel in IMAX 3D. It was so good. For those of you who do not know, it is kind of a restart of the Superman movie franchise. There have been several Superman movies. I believe all but one were played by Christopher Reeve. I didn't like research it, but that's off of the top of my memory. Because I seen them all, you know, uh, new when they were in theaters. Although some of the older ones, you know, I was... Like, pretty small. But this new restart might actually be the first Superman movie I decide to, you know, collect and have, you know, to watch whenever I want. I probably won't, because, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of rewatching of movies. But it is certainly very amazing. All of the classic elements you would expect from previous Superman movies are in there. But it never gets goofy or campy like some of the earlier ones did. This is sort of a new and much more serious Superman. The timeline the movie follows isn't quite in a straight line in terms of, you know, Superman's life. We see the history of Krypton at the start of the movie, and we are introduced to Superman's father and mother and General Zod and why he is considered, you know, a bad guy. This, I believe, is a little bit of a different take on General Zod, He's more of kind of a a super patriot slash paladin. And so, you know, taken from a certain perspective, he isn't really a bad guy. You know, as the saying goes, he, he is a good guy with sort of bad actions or, you know, bad way of going about what he's trying to do. So it's very cool to see this take on the General Zod character and, you know, the explanation of why he is, you know, considered bad. Michael Sharon as General Zod is probably going to be considered one of the defining moments in his career. I've seen him in a few other things, and I always kind of remember him as being sort of a goofy-ish or, you know, not sort of the perfect character. You know, the character is flawed and, you know, how he acts is kind of goofy. But I really think his portrayal of General Zod is really right on for how they've created the General Zod character for this movie. And I think he really, you know, looks and acts perfect 
for what the part is, and it's a really flawless performance in my opinion. I'm not a big fan of his. Like I said, I've only seen him in three or four other things I think maybe tops. But this, you know, by far stands way, way out above, you know, what I've seen him in before. The movie then follows the escape of Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, and his arrival as a baby on Earth. But then we kind of fast forward to when he's a young adult, and there's several sort of flashback scenes as he's sort of wandering the world and, you know, remembering different things, we'll flash back to his childhood. So I would guess we see in flashback maybe the last five years or so of his life in maybe two or three different scenes. And then, you know, those flashbacks flashback more to when he was, you know, a small child. I think when we finally settle into, you know, what is the present day for what's going on in the movie, it's mentioned that he is 33. Lois meets him pretty early in the movie, and we follow her for a bit, and while we're following her, she reveals some stories, and those stories are also, you know, flashbacks of the younger Superman. A big chunk of the last bit of the movie is the final battle, as it were, and I think we are finally getting a battle that is truly worthy of, you know, the epic power level of what, you know, Superman is, in addition to, you know, in particular this time, who Superman is fighting, which, minor spoiler, is his fellow Kryptonians. So they are, you know, on par just about with his power level. So the battles get really crazy, they're really huge, they're, you know, flying across blocks and blocks of city, Uh, things that are going on are destroying, you know, several city blocks at a time, so this is a really, truly epic feeling, you know, battle. And like I said, you know, on par with what I have always thought a Superman movie should be. I have only seen a few animated things which involve Superman, I'm not a huge Superman fan, partly because he is so ridiculously overpowered. But I would say that Man of Steel is really kind of on par with how he's portrayed sort of in comics and animated stuff. In terms of the fighting, you know, the animated stuff, he's usually the guy that's, you know, flying around and doing stuff in space and, you know, saving entire planets. So this has really been kind of the first movie that's really on par with that sort of power level. Scale overall, I think, is done really, really well as you really get a sense and feel for just how ridiculously overpowered Superman is compared to, you know, regular people. By the end of the movie, I did feel kind of, you know, helpless and small, but in a good way. And if you watch Batman, you know, part of you thinks maybe, you know, with enough training and, you know, all those fancy gadgets, you know, I could be Batman. Or maybe, you know, you're watching Green Lantern and it's like, well, it's an alien power ring. You know, if I got an alien power ring, I could be just as cool as he could. But, you know, with Superman, it's all, you know, inherent in his DNA, as it were. And you really, really get that feeling that, you know, Superman just is this guy that is, you know, completely outside of humanity. And like I said, I think that's really, you know, a good feeling. It should maybe be noted that the movie does move at like this really fast pace. They're trying to cram in just like so much mythos and story, and it really doesn't ever slow down, as it were. I mean, in a lot of movies, you'll have this sort of slower scene that comes up, and you know some time has passed, or, you know, it's sort of a meanwhile kind of thing, and, you know, there's supposed to be a 
a separation of like time or space. But the movie really kind of moves so fast, you're like kind of spinning from one scene to the next. It's never in a bad way, but it's just like, I think the pacing, if it were a little bit more normal, the movie might have been like half an hour longer. And so I think, you know, like I said, I think it kind of feels a little bit like they're taking all of this stuff that's really awesome and really trying their best to kind of compress it into as small a space as possible. So a few movies I actually didn't get up and go pee during, so that's awesome. I also saw it like really ridiculously early in the morning, so I hadn't eaten or drunk anything, so that might have something to do with it. But it is, uh, I think, a longer movie at you know, two hours, two hours, 15 minutes, maybe more. I'm not sure. But I didn't really, you know, feel like it was that long. You know, as I was watching it, like I said, it went by pretty quickly. I would say if you are a superhero fan, particularly if you are a Superman fan, this is absolutely a must-see. However, be aware that since this is sort of a restart of, you know, the movie version of who Superman is, Many of, I would say, the smaller details have been changed. Many would probably argue with me that, you know, there's a bit at the end which is not a small change. But I think, you know, since this is a restart and a retelling and sort of recreating of who Superman is, you know, many of the details were changed. And I think that that ending that people might have issue with really kind of does work very well with who this Superman is. You know, flashbacks are all telling a story and building a character in a certain way. And I think, you know, that last defining moment really kind of does put the final cap on this is, you know, who Superman is according to, you know, traditional myth. And all of the story and, you know, the movie so far that, you know, they've told has really forged him into that version that he is at the end of the movie. I enjoyed it a lot, especially uh, 3D IMAX. And I would highly recommend, you know, anybody go see it who is interested. Sadly, though, I think by the time you hear this, it might not be in IMAX 3D in your local theater. I think Epic and World War Z are taking over pretty quickly. The summer of movies is upon us, and there's a lot of movies coming up very quickly, one after the other. So I think, you know, if there is something like this that's kind of a a big deal and you really want to see it in IMAX 3D, probably not many of you care. But, you know, if you're like me and you kind of do care, you might want to check out, you know, Ticket Times. I have an app on my phone and it'll go into the future, you know, quite a bit. So you might want to, you know, keep an eye on, you know, when something releases and when it's going to disappear from, you know, the form you want to see. Because like for me, my local theater that I always go to, It had it, you know, opening weekend on every single theater except one, which was just insane. But it's only in 3D IMAX, you know, from opening weekend until not even the weekend after. It opened, I think, Thursday, and then it's, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then that was it. After that, you can't see it in 3D IMAX anymore. So, you know, keep an eye out for your movies that you want to see in certain ways. And be sure they don't get bumped because there's a lot of really awesome movies coming out, you know, during this summer. And so, you know, you don't want to miss anything. As to my rating system, I would say no popcorn or snacks and to shut it and pay attention to the movie because it's very intense and very serious. I would say take some friends 
especially if they are <laughs> super friends, you know, people that like superhero stuff. But if, you know, you have people that are kind of on the fence or don't really like superhero movies, I don't know that this would really convince them that superhero movies are awesome. Because it is on par, you know, with Superman-level powers. So for some people that, you know, that might be like, you know, the reason I don't really follow Superman all that much is because he is so, just, you know, ridiculously overpowered. You know, something a little bit closer to, you know, real-world power like Batman might be something to ease people into a, a superhero kind of mood and, you know, get them more used to it. Anyways, um, yeah, highly recommend it. If you have, you know, friends that enjoy superhero movies, go with them. And, you know, hopefully you'll have a good time with it. So I saw Dark Skies on rental. This isn't really gamer-related, but I think it might be close enough to warrant people's attention. There was a TV series called Dark Skies that aired back in 1996-1997 with the same name. And that's probably one of the things that struck me as the most odd, because I kept going, I thought I'd seen a movie already called Dark Skies. But I guess it was a TV series, and that's why, you know, it was sticking out in my mind. They are not at all related, so it just happens to be the same name for some reason. I don't know why they would pick something that, you know, is a TV series name. One of the reasons why I am mentioning this is because this is probably one of the scariest haunting-type movies I have seen. Another reason is it is not a traditional kind of, you know, the family is being haunted type of movie. There are some interesting twists, which put it into the category that I think, you know, science fiction slash gamer people would be interested in it for. I won't say any spoilers as to what those are. I think it might say in the movie description, so you get a big spoiler there, but I will not spoiler it. But I would say, you know, if you are into the haunting type movies, this would definitely be, you know, worth your, you know, buck 25 or whatever it is to rent. I would say you don't need to buy it. Um, you know, it's probably not that cool, but definitely rent it. I would say get a lot of popcorn, maybe one of those big bowls to keep on your lap, because there are a few moments where you're going to go, whoa, damn, and you're going to like kind of jump a little. Admittedly, I did jump like twice, I think, which is extremely rare for me. So that's super cool. I would say you can watch it with or without friends. Works either way. But, you know, shush and, you know, don't talk during the movie because it is, you know, a haunting type scary movie. So it's best, you know, to be quiet. And that's all I have about that.
only have one new thing for the news this time. Well, I suppose I, I could also say The Last of Us is also out for PlayStation 3, I believe. I think it's an exclusive. Haven't really been paying attention, so sorry if you wanted me to pay attention to that. But since I can't play it, you know, I, I wasn't really keeping track of it. It's out now. Go play it. Have fun. But the only real new news I have is that XCOM Enemy Unknown is out for iOS. It is pretty ridiculously priced at 20 bucks, But as far as I know, this is the exact same game you get on PC. So, you know, for a tablet or iOS device, you know, like a phone. This is like a really huge game and there's a lot of depth and a lot of, you know, play value. So it's possibly worth it. It is like 10 months old or something, so I don't know if it's quite worth that much. I would say 10 to 15 bucks for sure. 20 bucks, I don't know, it seems a little pricey. But that is out if you never got it. I don't know if I'd recommend playing it on phone, because that's like really tiny. I would certainly say on tablet, you know, if you haven't gotten it for PC or consoles, you know, pick it up on tablet. It's a lot of fun. World War Z is now out. So go watch that in your favorite theater. I will probably see it um, probably during the week. I think it's probably at risk of being bumped, you know, from 3D IMAX. So, you know, uh, like Man of Steel, I will want to see that pretty quickly. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep for Borderlands 2 is out on the 25th. So that's just a few days after this podcast launches. Keep an eye out for that if you like Borderlands 2. And for those of you into Magic the Gathering Duel of the Planeswalkers, the newest version, 2014, is due out on the 26th. That's like the cheapest one yet. I think that's only 10 bucks, And it has, you know, a campaign, and for the first time ever, it's going to have, you know, deck building that you can have your own deck in the campaign instead of pre-built decks. So that's a, a pretty big change for that. I may or may not pick it up. I haven't quite decided yet. Depends on what else I have going at the time. Currently I have nothing going but kind of really hoping Hearthstone beta starts and I'll be in that. So I guess um, we'll see. And that's it for the news. So that is it for this Rabbit Zomblings podcast. No Pirate's Treasure. Like I said, not really much going on for me right now in gaming. I suppose Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep will probably be the first big thing, unless I get into the Hearthstone beta. Can't really think of much else to say. I guess my health is okay. I'm sleeping okay-ish. Nothing, you know, bad keeping me up or anything. Getting some extra hours at work, so that's pretty good. I've still not lost anything on my diet, so I'll probably stop tracking that and worrying about that. I will still, you know, worry in terms of, you know, what I eat and, you know, kind of keep an eye on my weight, but tracking it every day, you know, every single thing I eat and, 
you know, really worrying about it. I'm I'm probably going to stop doing that. Because it's been like 12 weeks now and I've lost zero weight. So I don't think it's worth stressing out over. I mean, I still will worry kind of a bit. You know, I'll definitely keep an eye on my weight to make sure it doesn't go up, you know, past where it is. And I'll probably, you know, for the most part, try and be good in terms of what I eat. You know, being able to eat and what your tummy is, you know, hungry for at that moment. Because I think, you know, more important than stressing out all the time. Because I am a firm believer in that your tummy gets hungry for, you know, what kind of stuff your body needs. And although I haven't had to put off too many kinds of foods or, you know, too much eating while I'm trying to do the diet, you know, there are times where it's like my tummy kind of wants this, but it's like a real lot of calories, so I should really do this instead. It's not any kind of, you know, huge life-changing change or anything, but there are times where it's like I wanted this, but, you know, I I didn't get it because, you know, it's too many calories or whatever. Or maybe, you know, for that day I'd hit my cap and I just couldn't afford it, quote-unquote. Probably Monday after this podcast comes out will be the final deciding day because that'll be like the 13th week. And if I'm still at like zero pounds lost, I'll just stop tracking it. Other than that, um, that's kind of it. I can't think of anything else to say. So hopefully everybody's doing okay and having a good time. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks. Bye. We're not here. It's just a bad dream. Oh, I agree completely. Why, we'll wake up any minute to Harper and have a laugh about all this. All of this stuff that's really awesome and really trying to do their bit, a bit, bit. And I would highly recommend my. So, Borderlands, Borderlands 2, Borderlands 2's Tiny Tina Asta. So, no, no. Um, probably Monday after this podcast. Pa. Yes, I know men can't fly. No, no, let's assume that they can. <laughs> Lois Lane is falling, accelerating at an initial rate of 32 feet per second per second. Superman swoops down to save her by reaching out two arms of steel. Miss Lane, who is now traveling at approximately 120 miles an hour, hits them and is immediately sliced into three equal pieces. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, You can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. 
and be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.